Good morning again. Welcome. I uh, I grabbed my uh, different Bible. It's the same version. Uh, the red one I have is is busting out, and uh, it's okay. It's okay. I, I like a I like a well used. You know, you get used to using your own Bible, and you know you can find the verses much easier if you read. You know, regularly enough, um, so it's all good. But uh, sometimes I underline verses or highlight them. And um, interesting enough, uh, looking back, sometimes the notes that I've made, wow, I I I, I wrote I I said that. You know, it's like, well, that's pretty good. You know, and so you just never know. At the time, it doesn't seem like it's a big deal, but maybe later in life. The, 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 the thing about walking with Jesus is we never stop learning. We'll never stop learning things through the Word of God and the help of the Holy Spirit, of course, who helps us understand truth. And the more we understand truth with the help of the Holy Spirit, the stronger we get and become in our faith because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Romans 10, 17. And so if I can somehow keep the word of the Lord as, as a sword, you know, a day when the enemy wants to steal your joy, there are days when the enemy wants to take uh, away from you if he can. And so uh, it's a battle, isn't it? It's a battle of keeping up, keeping our, our minds strong, keeping our hearts in, in, in a good place. Staying positive, staying uh, in, a, in, a, in a mood that would honor the Lord. We all will be tested from time to time. And so we started last week in 1 Peter. Uh, I think we're going to continue on a little more. Um, uh, through, I find that if I will, if I will read... Through verse by verse, I, I get more out of the Bible than if I just open it up and read a few here and read, read a few there. I find if I have some kind of a system, it helps me become more familiar. Uh, the main thing is that we read, read Scripture and hide it in our hearts. So last week, we were first chapter, we called it the living hope. This, this, this uh, week, we're going to call it gird your minds for action. And... Uh, we're going to read those verses in just a bit. Before we get there, uh, James chapter 1, verse 22 said this, but prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. And he went on to say, he's like a man who looks in the mirror and when he walks away, he forgets what he looks like. How many know that's kind of the way it works? Yeah. Come on. You, you know, you look, you, know, you see, I, well, we're doing okay. And say, oh, my, I'm getting old. I'm getting older. Let's be young in spirit. Amen? Let's go down with a fight. Let's go down swinging. If we're going to go down, let's go down. Let's keep the fight. People in the body of Christ need to stick up for each other and support each other. And however that may happen, uh, it can be just by just being a friend, by being a listening ear, by being 
sincere about caring for one another. This whole deal about where we're going to get the butt, our, our girding your minds for action, it has to do with the picture. The image comes, uh, it's like in those times, and even now, what they would, they would wear longer garments. And so you have to imagine, if you're going to go to, go to the workplace, you're going to, kind of going to be in the way, so you have to kind of pick it up and tie it, up, tie it around you somehow. That's, what the, that's the thought here. Gird up your minds. It's almost in our world, that we roll up our sleeves and going to go to work, or we take off the extra clothing because it's getting warm and you're moving, right? Gird up your mind, get ready to go to work. One of my uh, observations, someone come up with a saying, get her done. I don't know where it came from. Do you know where it came from? I, I just kind of, even somebody had a hat. Larry the Cable. I have never heard of that. Get her done. It's kind of, it's, yeah, get her, let's get her done. We're, we are created to, to be able to be productive. Now, there's a balance in all this. Because getting her done God's way and getting it done my way are two whole different things. Yeah. So, in my thinking, God, why don't you just do it? He could just do it for us. But he often chooses to help us climb the mountain. He can say, you can say, be, this mountain be removed. But often it seems that the mountain is there. He wants to help you get to the top of the mountain because he has some lessons for us to learn. It's amazing. It's amazing what we learn when we're in the thick of it. It's not easy. None of it's easy. We talked a little bit about trials last week. We, if necessary, and I don't say, Lord, I need a few more trials. I don't, I don't think about it. Trials will come. In this life, you will have trouble, but I have overcome. Jesus faced trials. Jesus still walks in the fiery furnaces so to speak, as we knew from Daniel's day, Jesus was in the midst of the fire. And God is so long-suffering and patient beyond our imagination, beyond our comprehension, comprehension that he, he is actually doing some of his best work, I believe. Let's look at the verses now. Therefore, gird your minds, verse 13 of chapter one, First Peter, gird your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. No, oh, we ain't talking about a puckered up face. We're not talking about, you know, just, uh, I got to do this. It's not the sober talking about. 
He's talking of being alert. He's talking about being awake. He's talking about being intentional. He's talking about doing things on purpose. He's talking about going, going forth and looking, working with God, God working with you. Fix your hope. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope. Your hope completely on the grace. If any any uh, thing that we begin to think, well, look what I've done, uh, God's going to humble us real soon. As soon as we begin to think, well, we we can do it in our we can do it in our own, we we begin to already set ourselves up for disaster. It's completely on the grace by the grace of God. Well, you know we are saved by grace. We know that we cannot work. We cannot earn an iota of our salvation. But because of our salvation and his grace, because he saved us, now we have been called to good works. Because he has changed our attitude and put us in right relationship with him, we now have a greater understanding and perspective of what really matters in life. Anybody with me? What really matters in life is I love God and love my family and love my neighbor. Love my God, love uh, my neighbor, second is the greatest command. If we will work toward that, so many things will be a lot easier. Sober in spirit, 1 Thessalonians 5 dealt with a little bit about this idea that we are to keep alert. I want to read a few verses from that passage because it helps us understand. We sang this song, Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. We sang about the earth shall soon dissolve like snow, the sun forbear to shine. What is in the world is that? Anybody wonders? Well, the Bible talks about there will be a day when the earth will be changed. The end times, the Bible speaks about this earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass. In other words, God has a plan, and he's going to finally judge the earth, judge the world. He's going to change things up. And we'll be okay as long as we keep the faith in him. We'll be okay. He's going to protect us. We're going to reign with him on it goes. We're going to reign with him for a thousand years. And then we're just going to keep living on for all eternity. While you're thinking, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? God has it all taken care of. Don't even worry about it. You will be more alive than you are now. Come on, i gotta, I got to get some people going. How many need a little more life? I'd like to get a little boost. Yeah. God has life for us. May the Lord give us the grace we need to help us go through the trial. May the Lord help us bear one another's burdens. Well, the verse I want to read, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1. As to the time of the epoch, epoch has to do with seasons. 
New American Standard translations. Epochs has to do with seasons. You have no need of anything to be written to you, for you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. While they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly like birth pangs upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. What is he talking about? He's talking about the day of judgment to the unbeliever. It will be like a thief in the night. They will be awakened and they will wonder, what happened? What's going on? We are not prepared for this. But for the believer, but you, notice how he switches, but you, brethren, are not in darkness. The believers are not in darkness. That the day should overtake you like a thief. For you are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of night nor of darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. There's that word sober, being alert. I don't know. Are we awake today? Yes. Are we expecting Jesus to come? Yes. Are we living as though he could uh, come today? Or if he comes in a thousand years? See how it works? We don't sit around thinking, well, there's no use doing anything because if I do it, the Lord's just going to burn it up anyway. What? What? What, what kind of faith is that? That's a pessimist faith. Oh, boy. Let's just say, this is the day the Lord hath made. Look what we get to do. Look what the Lord's done. Look how the Lord has provided. Gives us a reason to exist. Gives us a reason to work as unto the Lord, doing your work heartily as unto the Lord. Another verse came up. Those who sleep do their sleeping at night, and those who get drunk get drunk at night. He's talking about people who are not living for God. But though, since we are of the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and helmet the hope of salvation. What a wonderful Lord we serve who wants to keep us from destroying ourselves. If he has a better plan, the Spirit of God can give us more in one second than I can striving for a lifetime. I cannot earn it. I must say, Lord, I am absolutely dependent upon what you have done. And therefore, in the scripture that we back in 1 Peter now, go back to 1 Peter. Whenever we read therefore in the scriptures, it's like saying because of. Because of. Because the gospel was preached, the previous verses were talking about salvation. And he says, in, in backing up to verse 12 in the text, 1 Peter 12, it says that the pre, that preached 
those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things into which angels long to look. Do you know? Do you ever thought about that? Angels long to look into the things that are spoken. Interesting. There's no boring, there's no boredom in heaven. There's rest, I'm sure there's rest, but there's so much joy. There's no place for tears. He dries the tears. And though we are human now, we, we feel pain. How many know what you're talking about? You feel pain at times. But God knows pain. And he know what it's he knows what it's like to be left alone. As he cried on the cross, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? As he took upon, he became sin. He who knew no sin became sin. Isn't that interesting? He who knew, he never knew sin. Now he becomes sin. This is a supernatural, this is, this is far beyond what I could even put into words. Jesus took my place, took your place, took my place. Every one of us. When we say yes, we are forgiven. We enter into right Relationships. Second point is set apart. He says, you're mine. You're mine. You belong to me. You are my son. You are my daughter. We are going to walk together. You are never going to be alone. He's going to be with you in the faraway places. He's with you wherever he leads you. He's set apart. We read the verses. In verse 14, it says, As obedient children, do not be conformed. To the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, because it is written, you should be holy, for I am holy. Now, I'm thinking, Lord, I've got to be holy. I'm not going to make it. That's not the right attitude. Oh, I've got to be holy. What? No, the difference is God makes you holy. Jesus makes us holy. Another way to look at it is he makes us whole, puts us together. We're broken. We're miserable. We're made holy through Jesus with his righteousness. And because we, the closer we get to Jesus, the more he rubs off on us. And the more we find that is the way I am created to live. I don't have to sin. I don't have to give in with the help of the Lord. Though we do sin. And the Bible is very clear. We still sin after we become believers. 
You know what? He says, if you confess with your mouth, 1 John 1, 9, he forgives you and cleanses you. You keep getting up. Even though you stumble, you sin, you get back up and you say, devil, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to overcome. And I accept. Talk to the Lord about it. Talk to the Lord about what you're struggling with. Ask him to help you, deliver you, change you. You see, back in the Old Testament, they had to bring the sacrifices through the process to the temple once a year, and then even then some. But there was this covering that would happen for the year. The the blood of the animals would cover their sins for that year, and then they had to go back, and they were reminded year after year their sin. Jesus fixed it. One sacrifice his sacrifice for all sin forever. Erased, never to be remembered against you. Set apart. The people of God are set apart. We are his, and he is ours. And so, I was going to draw from an Old Testament scripture. I'll just try to make it short, because there's quite a bit that went on. How many remember reading about King Saul? He was a tall dude. I mean, he just. He got jealous at David because David's, David, God was raising up David. He killed the Goliath. He, kill, he killed the giant. God was raising up David to, to kill the enemies of the Lord. And so this rival that was happening wasn't David's choice. Was Saul was angry. He was, he was starting to lose it. Tried to kill David several times. Pin him to the wall with a spear. And Saul was in a desperate situation. The the command was, the Lord sent Saul to do the battle. He raised him up. But Saul got anxious because the prophet wasn't showing up when he thought he should come. And so he decides to, first thing, the command was destroy all the enemy. Don't you save, don't you dare save anything. Don't you take any clothes, don't you take any animals. You annihilate them, period. It's over. But Saul said he, he chose to keep some animals. And then he begins to justify, because I wanted to offer them to you, Lord. Obedience. The Lord sent me to anoint you as king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, listen to the words of the Lord. The verse that I want to hit on is 15, verse 22. By this time, Saul was already had committed what he did. The prophet shows up. Boy, he is not happy. God had already spoke to the prophet ahead of time what had happened. He didn't sleep a week because he knew he had to confront Saul. And so we read this passage, to obey is better than sacrifice. In other words, it says, he's saying, if, if you can't follow me in my order, in my, my, my instruction, then I cannot trust you as being the king or the leader. And it was a bad day for King Saul. And God had to remove him 
from the leadership. And God deals with sin. But we must humble ourselves. We know that our actions demonstrate oftentimes what's really going on, what's really going on. But I have to keep surrendering. Lord, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have the abilities. Lord, help me. Lord, I didn't respond well. You ever had the Lord check you? Lord, I, I, I didn't have the right attitude. He checks you. He, he corrects you. He, he guides you. He's a shepherd. We have a choice when we stumble. Give up, quit, or to get up and keep going. I pray that our choice will be to get up and keep going. Don't quit. He set you apart. He has plans for you. He has a purpose for you. What leads us to the, the third point. We look at the text again, First Peter Verse 22, skipping down a bit. Since you have in, in obedience to the truth, purify your souls for sincere, sincere love. So let me summarize a little bit. If we're sober in spirit, we're paying attention. We're not going to sleep through it. We're going to stay alert. And try not to miss the opportunities. Maybe God has an appointment for you tomorrow, maybe the next day, maybe it's somewhere else. Maybe it's, it's so, you're going to miss it if, if you're not tuning in. It's a challenge. Is this me? Is this God? Is this, you know, is this, is this my thoughts? Did I have too much pizza last night? You know, learning to hear the voice of God is hard work, but it's so rewarding. And oftentimes it's just one word. Oftentimes it's just you get a thought. And we work on it. And this sincere love thing has to do with more than just saying I love you. It's, it's showing you. You know when somebody loves you. You know when you are loved. You know. You know when it's genuine. And that's the Lord. The Lord himself helped us. The Lord himself showed us what true love is when he laid down his life. But even before he went to the cross, he loved people that were unlovable. He would visit people that were, oh, what are you eating with those people for? They would be considered as them. Jesus went to them. Jesus still goes to them. The good news. This gospel is for all generations. This gospel is for every tribe, tongue. This gospel is for your family. This gospel is for your kids. This gospel's for their kids. This gospel goes on. 
on and on. It never stops working. God, as long as it is, is still, we are on this side of heaven, this gospel will be preached. In fact, Mark, uh, Matthew says in 24 chapter that the end will not come until the gospel has been preached. Now, I think he's talking about way to the end of things, way on the other side of things. Even in the great tribulation, there will be people that will receive the gospel, though it will be the hardest thing ever. It's exciting. The world is crazy. Things are mounting. Things are lining up. Israel's in the news always. God is at, at work in the church. God is saving people every day, every second. People are being saved. At the same time, every second people are being lost into eternity. We must always keep perspective that the Lord is going to come back. And therefore, how do I want to live now? What must I have, what must I boil down to? What is the most important thing? Romans 13, 8 says, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. He who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. 1 John 4, 7, Beloved, let us love one another. Love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God. I love this verse, 1 John 4, 18 and 19. There's no fear in love. There's no fear in love. No fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because we first love. May the Lord help us to be delivered from the fear Whatever the enemy wants to put on us, fear of not being good enough, fear of failing, fear of, you, know, you just add on. There's so many things. The Lord, well, what of this? What of that? What, you know. The Lord, you know, you don't have to fear judgment with God. When you let Jesus that because Jesus take, took your judgment already. Fear is gone. So may the Lord help us to stay focused. Gird your minds with, for action. We're getting ready to go. We're getting ready to go hit the markets. We're getting ready to go to the workplace. We're getting ready to go visit wherever it may be. Where may the Lord take you this week? May the Lord's blessing, may you bring with you this sense that you have strength from the Lord you are carrying. You, you are making things better by just showing up because Jesus is in you. You gird your minds, you get ready, and you follow the Lord. If the Lord says, not yet, then don't go. The Lord says, go, and you go. And see how it works. The Lord says, move, and you move. 
The Lord says, stay, you stay. And it's all a challenge to keep ourselves in the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God. I want us to sing that song. I've sang it kind of a lot lately. The goodness of God. Here's something, switch that, something that I have done from time to time is if I remember back to my childhood and I start to think about where I live, I think about my parents, I think about my family members, I think about the seemingly simple child stuff, just make things up. We made toys. We, we played outside. We didn't, we didn't have the gadgets you have now, but some ways at that, wow, we, we were happy. We made things work. We, God is with every generation. God knows all about every situation, every, every mechanism, every situation. And I don't know, it just, just, just does my soul good sometimes to think about how, think how far the Lord has brought you. Look how far the Lord has brought you along in your lives. I want us to just really celebrate his goodness in this song.